Welcome into the Rock Pod. I am John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I am Lisa Bibby, your local realtor with Keller Williams Advantage. I am Andrea Arndt, an intellectual property attorney at Dickinson Wright. And I'm Trish Carruth, third generation jeweler and owner of Your Personal Jeweler. Thrilled to have everybody back in the fold today. And our special guest is Michelle Perdome, president and principal percussion of the Royal Oak Symphony Orchestra. Michelle, welcome. So good to have you with us today. Thank you so much, John, and I really appreciate your inviting me. Can you tell me a little bit about your musical background and what your journey to Rosso has been like? I started taking piano when I was in kindergarten. Um, When I came to seventh grade, I wanted to be in the band, and my brother was going to take snare drum lessons, so I said, I want to do that too, much to his disgust. Um, He actually dropped out. I excelled. And I went into band, and because I could play the piano, I got stuck on the mallet instruments like xylophone and bells and marimba and became very, very good. I also switched over to the orchestra because nobody wanted to play timpani. They thought it was a sissy instrument. Remember, this was in the (laughs) 60s, and girls were not allowed to play drums. So I jumped over to the orchestra and played timpani and, again, taught myself and excelled in that. And uh, I was invited to play professionally in the Midland Orchestra and the Saginaw Symphony Orchestra and uh, went from there. I was going to be a percussion performance major at Michigan State. I went and found out everybody else practiced 10 to 12 hours a day. And I said, that is not for me. I will just enjoy myself in the orchestras. Wow, that sounds so exciting, Michelle, that you've put such a great musical compage in your arsenal here. So how long has the orchestra been together? Well, we actually officially started as the Royal Oak Community Orchestra in 1995. We were a composite of the Birmingham Community Orchestra, the Troy Community Orchestra, so a lot of our people have been in for much longer since 1995. Um, I personally have been in it for about 25 years. So we've had several different conductors and several different names. But officially, we say we started in 1995. Very cool. That's quite a long time to have so much success. Congratulations. Thank you. So who are the people in the orchestra? Well, Andrea, um, we are an all-volunteer community orchestra even though we have changed our name to Royal Oak Symphony Orchestra, officially we call ourselves Rosso. So if I say Rosso, I'm referring to the Royal Oak Symphony Orchestra. I would say probably about 85 of our members have been or are professional musicians. We do not get paid, but in other parts of our lives, we do get hired to play music. Um, We do have some younger people, but the majority of the people are... I would say probably 35 to 40 plus years of age. Every now and again, I do pull in high school kids if we need somebody. And I have some dear friends at Wayne State University that are working on performance and and they come in and help us out also. That's pretty impressive. I'm sure everyone gets along really well. And, you know, you formed a lot of good relationships over the years (laughs) or maybe not so much. Well, Andrea, how many groups have you been in? (laughs) No, I mean, we obviously, we do all get along. We enjoy each other. Like any family, there may be a few little tiffs here and there. But for the most part, we all love each other and we enjoy playing together. 
Michelle, if you would, take us a little bit inside a show at Rosso. I got to imagine that a lot of our listeners have not been to a performance or a show that you guys have done. Can you talk a little bit about what it is, um, what kind of music you play, and sort of paint a picture for our audience? We prefer to play classical music. We have had several different directors. Uh, Mr. John DeVoris back in 2004 came and took us to a much higher level previous to that. And we love Mr. Peter Tolius. We played more show tunes. But anyway, John DeVoris came in and started having us play much harder classical music, things that maybe people weren't real familiar with. And that was wonderful. And that kind of started us out on a new path. And in 2017, uh, Mr. John McLaughlin Williams came in and he has taken us to a whole new level. He really prefers contemporary composers. So we're playing a lot of composers from the 20th century. And also we like to keep, as we call the old war horses, the ones that everybody knows and everybody loves. But we are a classical music organization and that is our mission statement to bring classical music to the greater Royal Oak area. Michelle, can you give us a little bit of or a couple of examples as far as some of the older classics that you would play versus some of the newer 20th century stuff that you've recently incorporated? Oh, absolutely, John. My two favorites, of course, uh, is 1812 Overture, Tchaikovsky, and Pictures at an Exhibition by um, Sorgsky Ravel. Obviously, I love those because there's so much percussion in them. But those are pieces and Beethoven's Fifth. Pieces that people can go away singing and humming and everybody goes, oh, I love that piece. Uh, Mr. Williams has brought into us more contemporary. We did a piece by McKay called Streets of Peking, which was very, very well received. Um, We did a couple other pieces that had a lot of African influence in them, Native American influence. Um, He likes to bring in unusual types of music to, shall we say, edify the audience. And some of the audience says they're wonderful and other people say, oh, I'd rather hear familiar things. I use my mother as the best editor on this. She comes, she's 94 and she comes to all of them. And she says, liked it, didn't like it. So (laughs) I, I got to imagine it's like any form of art where everything is subjective. Some things you do that folks will like, some things you won't like. I mean, for example, I grew up in Boston as an Aerosmith fan. If you go to an Aerosmith concert, they've got 50 years to pick from. And somebody's going to come out of that concert and say, oh, I wish they'd play more of the newer stuff. And somebody's going to say, oh, I wish they'd played more of the older stuff. So I'd imagine it's the same way. Absolutely, John. That is exactly it. And we do actually throw in some show tunes. We've done Oklahoma. We've done Sound of Music. And people just love that. So every now and again, we do throw in some show tunes. And we usually like to do some sort of an encore that's a polka, something fun, something goofy that everybody can go away smiling. I've got to imagine that that's an important point to make because I think some folks might assume that it's, you know, all Beethoven and Mozart, which is great, but being able to bring in the newer stuff, the 20th century stuff, and sort of throw a curveball at your audience, something they're not expecting to really make them smile. I love that. So, Michelle, I work with a lot of engaged couples. If someone wanted to hire one or more of your musicians for a private event like a wedding, what's the best way to get in contact with them? You can go on to the website and our information is on there or certainly people can call me. The best way to do that is to donate or contribute, as the case may be, 
$500 or more to the orchestra. With that comes a performance by our maestro, John McLaughlin Williams, at any of your events for free. And generally, he would bring along some of our other people to play with him. So that's the best way. <laughs> get in a plug for us. <laughs> well, that sounds amazing. You get to support the local musicians and you get a free performance. Yes. Question for you. Where do you guys perform? Normally at the Royal Oak Middle School. Um, we do use the Royal Oak High School occasionally, but our main home is the Royal Oak Middle School. Occasionally we do rent out a venue um, to do a special performance. We were the gala kickoff of the new Birmingham Sea Home Auditorium a few years ago. We did a combined concert with the Detroit Metropolitan Chorale, and that was a relatively new, it's, it's a living composer. So uh, he's probably about in 45 or so, and it was called Ubalate Deo, based on one of the Psalms. And we rented out that stage. It was a huge, huge performance, and that is available on YouTube. Very cool. So where should our audience go to get information on upcoming concerts and to buy tickets? Well, the best place to go is our website, royaloakorchestra.com. And that will guide you to the correct information. You can make donations online. You can buy tickets. Um, you can send us messages. You can see what openings we might have if you're interested in playing. So we're recording this on October 5th, Michelle. As we look in the next uh, couple months and throughout the season, any specific concerts or highlights you'd like to mention for the upcoming year? The holiday concert, we are not sure. It will be in December. Um, we're still working on that. We're hoping to do a piano concerto. But the problem is that trying to find a correct stage to get the piano on and working within the schools. We have a wonderful working relationship with the schools, but their programs come first. So we're still working on that, but it'll be in December. Michelle, it was so great hearing all about Rosso. Those concerts sound really nice outside of Rosso. What other hobbies do you have? <laughs> I'm the president. I have no hobbies. <laughs> um, I actually teach private percussion lessons. Since the pandemic, my uh, student base has gone down a little bit, but normally I work with the Warren School District and I uh, give lessons there. I love, 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 love Star Trek. So I watch the reruns over and over again. I like to cook. I have a cat and uh, I love Facebook, despite what other people say about it. I love Facebook. So um, that's basically how I spend my days. Michelle, so I heard a rumor that I believe it's your church that is sponsoring a community garden. Are you involved with that at all? Well, Lisa, no, I am not. However, interestingly enough, another woman by the name of Marie Donegan and I are going to get together and try to form a multi-secular group of people to work on creation care which includes community gardens, native plantings, doing what we can for the earth. And we're just getting ready to start that. We're going to work with a, a synagogue and two or three other churches in the area, we hope. So yes, we have that community garden. I know the woman that did it. It's a nice little garden. She's donating the vegetables to our sack lunch program, which continued all the way through the pandemic. We do a a hot lunch and a sack lunch every day at noon. So 
uh, yes, you are correct with that rumor, Lisa. <laughs> that sounds like a great project. I, I hope you are very successful. So I, I have a question. So I have two little kids and, and you were talking about uh, giving lessons. And when you were a little girl, you started taking lessons. If I want my kids, hopefully, to become musicians, uh, what instruments and what ages do you recommend starting? And then what kind of instruments, you know, do you recommend progressing to? Okay, and I don't know what some of the other ones, I know that Warren and Royal Oak both have in elementary school what they call like a petting zoo, an instrument petting zoo, an instrument zoo. They call it different things, but people will come in with all sorts of different instruments and let the elementary school uh, children try them out. Think, well, gee, what might I want to do when I go into middle school, which is a wonderful thing to do because that gives them a chance to uh, really experiment with things. My personal preference is to start everybody on the piano. They may hate it, but it gives them a chance to learn to, to read music. And they may not continue in it, but at least they'll learn to read music. And that, like I said, I started in kindergarten, not necessary. But that's the first thing I do with my students is bring out a chord chart and make sure they can clap a beat. So those are two different things. I can clap a beat, but if I'm on a dance floor, I end up doing just the white guy head bob. That's my go-to move. Well, don't try and take percussion lessons. (laughs) (laughs) I started with piano lessons. And what I like most about piano versus all of the other instruments is the keys are all laid out in black and white. So it's really easy to learn chords and scale progression. And then you can kind of take that knowledge over to any other instrument. You are absolutely right. And that you can take that to any instrument, including percussion. One thing that a lot of people don't know is the timpani or the big kettle drums that you see in the back. They actually play notes. So they have to be tuned to notes and their music is on the bass clef, and it is a series of notes. I was asked that just last weekend by somebody. So the rest of the percussion, other than, of course, the xylophone mallet, you know, mallets, uh, the rest are just play one note. Well, that's interesting. I learned something new today. So thanks for that. <laughs> it's better than mm-hmm. my learning on a recorder, you know, in second grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I play the recorder, too. Everybody had a recorder. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. You're giving me PTSD yes. back to those days, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to give a shout out on AGTV. They had a guy play the recorder and it was phenomenal. Oh, it, yes. He did some beatboxing with it. And I was like, you can do that on a recorder. <laughs> Apparently, we didn't have cool enough teachers. <laughs> Well, you know what? I actually agree with that, Andrea. I loved my teachers growing up. Don't get me wrong. But I think the level of teachers now is quite a bit more open minded and they let the uh, young people switch back and forth to different instruments. Uh, So it's a big world out there. Everybody can do whatever they want to instrumentally. And remember one thing, we need an audience. So if you can't play an instrument, you're very important to come and listen to us. So don't feel bad. Well, thank you for all the good advice. So now we're at the portion of our show where it is time for the fishbowl question of the day. Hey! (laughs) Where we pull a totally random question for you. Lisa, can you pull the fishbowl question of the day? All right, one second here. Oh, well, this one's got me totally cracking up. All right. What is the strangest thing in your refrigerator? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the strangest thing in my refrigerator. I guess I'm just going to have to say my husband's homemade barbecue sauce. We always have that in there, but it's not really strange, but he makes it from scratch and it's wonderful. Yum. Are you going to disclose the recipe? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> then you just have to invite us over. <laughs> That's right. We'll have a backyard barbecue. All right. Well, let me let me let me uh, let me duck around this question a little bit then, Michelle. If you can't give us the recipe, what mm-hmm. style of barbecue? Are we talking Memphis, Texas, Carolina? Like what kind of barbecue? Well, my husband was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So take it from got there. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> So is this like a family recipe or his creation? He got the basic recipe from one of our guys at church. And then he, of course, added a lot of things. And each time he makes it, he changes a little bit. But he's got it down pretty much to be Bob's barbecue sauce now. Well, we're definitely looking forward to the barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, we want to thank you so much for coming on today and giving us a little bit of insight into the symphony, because I think a lot of our listeners who are, you know, residents of Royal Oak or spend a lot of time in Royal Oak, it really is a hidden gem if you haven't experienced it. So we're really glad to share this with our audience today. We're going to put your website in the show notes, but for anybody who wants to learn more, give us a website. And if you have a phone number one more time. Uh, Certainly. www dot royal oak orchestra dot com and the phone number for us is i have no idea because i never call it but if you want more information you can call me at 248-765-0776 and i can forward that to the correct person thank you so much for being with us today michelle it's been a pleasure John, is there any way I can do a quick plug for the orchestra? This is really important if you can squeeze it in. Absolutely. We are the 2020 Detroit Music Award winner for Outstanding Community Orchestra. And we got a nice plaque and everything. And we have that on all our information now. So we're very proud of that. Way to bury the lead. We should have had that off the top. Well, I tried to, but I forgot about it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That should have been the lead. Well, and, and for the audience, the actual phone number for the Royal Oak Sympathy Orchestra is 248-549-0262. Thank you so very much. I didn't have, couldn't go to my website fast enough. <laughs> my name is Andrea Arndt. I am an intellectual property attorney at Dickinson Wright, and I help my clients protect their inventions and build their brands. You can find me on LinkedIn and on our firm's website, www.dickinsonwright.com. I'm Trish Carruth, third generation jeweler and owner of Your Personal Jeweler. I specialize in creating custom engagement, wedding rings, and fine jewelry. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Personal Jeweler or on our website, www.thepersonaljeweler.com. My name is Lisa Bibby, and I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Advantage. I put the real back in realtor. You can count on me to help you navigate the complexities of buying or selling your home. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Sold by Lisa B. And I am John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcast. If you don't have a podcast as part of your 2022 marketing strategy, I can help you. We now have packages for every size business. You can find out more at my website, jagindetroit.com, or find me on social at Jag in Detroit. Once again, thank you to Michelle, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Royal Oak Chamber Podcast, The Rock Pod. For more information on the chamber, you can go to royaloakchamber.com. Thanks, everyone.